I got chills, and it's electrifying. Because this episode, we're talking movies, we're talking Jolt. Starring Kate Beckinsale, Stanley Tucci, and Jai Courtney. Written by Scott Wachka and directed by Tana Wexler. Everyone wants to be normal, but no one wants to be ordinary, Chris. Yeah, and unfortunately, this movie uh, would love to even be ordinary. It's so fucking bad. Uh, which, And that was the only good quote out of this film, and you took it. So for once, I'm not even going to counterpoint it. Uh, yeah. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of How'd You Like That Movie? Tonight, we're going to be talking about the 2021 train wreck fucking abomination that is Jolt. Scott, take it away. <laughs> like, what's the point of having a podcast? <laughs> like, if you just give it away. But here, I'm going to say this. I am not one to bash a movie or to put it down because, you know, it takes a lot of effort to develop. It takes a lot of time and energy to put it in. Like, I'll only bash it if it's about a certain naval aviation school. <laughs> that's about a quarter of the way to the danger zone. But I'll say this. With this film, this film had me for about three quarters of it, but lost me completely and, like, interest in everything in the last act. Okay. Like, I could care less of it after it got to there but i'm assuming it lost you a lot earlier so about three minutes in i was checking to see how long the movie was it actually i tried watching it twice uh i did not get this movie by the way uh this movie's only 90 minutes long and i i could not watch more than an hour it's very very rare that i cannot complete a film uh there's many things i cannot complete film watching is usually uh not one of them uh I'm going to wheel out something. I realize uh, there's a term I used to use often at the beginning of our uh, season that I'm going to wheel out again for this film. Uh, Jolt 2021 is fucking unwatchable. Unwatchable. It is Chris approved unwatchable. This is an unwatchable film. Uh, And to the point that I did not finish this movie because it was unwatchable. It was that bad. So you didn't even get to the end. I did not. I did not. Oh, okay. See, you would have liked it at the end. Yeah, I don't think so. Like I said, so because I mean, it completely changed. I don't care. Then it, I don't care. It, it was. Like, it was. It was. It was wait, like. Let me say. Okay. 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 Go. It completely changed because, like, the whole aesthetic that they built on the film, it, it became no longer about um like story or stuff it was just like look at this amazing shot we can put in we're just gonna put this in here for some reason but it's like okay she's gonna go face the bad guy and so it's a long hallway in uh, walking up to the building and we're just gonna have this concierge standing outside for no reason because it's an amazing shot like just cinematography at this point yeah it was just like one cinematography shot after another cinematography shot it's like and then it's like, okay, we're just going to reverse back so we can do them again. Yeah. And I mean, the, the only saving grace of this film was, uh, it's not even a saving grace. I'm not even going to give it that. Um, I did like the use of neon. Um, but honestly, like, and, and I'm going to, we're going to talk a bit about the director and I got some quotes and stuff. Honestly, the use of neon and stuff, uh, is done better 
in Atomic Blonde by David Letch, who does John Wick. Um, and if you want kind of like uh, a foreign or an, sorry, an international version, watch La Femme Nikita by Luc Besson, who did The Professional or Fifth Element. Like, just don't watch this movie. Seriously, don't watch it. I know it's free on Amazon. Don't watch it. I mean, one of the things I found interesting about this is that it's clearly like an Amazon, made by Amazon to release on Amazon. I couldn't find the budget, so obviously there was also no box office. Um, but I'd like to know how much money got fucking wasted on this movie. Like, I mean, or, I mean, maybe we could come back later and find out some of these things do amazing on the streaming services, but they it did not make me happy at all. Yeah, I think this is, like, I'm sure we'll talk about it. Um, this is kind of similar to Super Intelligent in terms of, it looks like it was, like, mid-budget, just, you know, and, and it on also, there, so and, it's new contact. And, and it also has Bob Bobby Cannavale in it. So, I don't know, maybe he's the fucking common thread between these two bad movies, which is unfortunate, because he's actually a super great actor. <laughs> well, I, I was, I, I figured you were going to talk about the, uh, the cast later, but I was going to make a comment. Like, I think this guy is super close to being typecast to, you know, the lovable loser love interest. Which is funny because, I mean, if you go back, I mean, he was in The Irishman. He definitely wasn't like the lovable love interest in Blue Jasmine. Uh, Lovelace, he's like a mob-like kind of fucking crony. Um, if you saw him in Boardwalk Empire, he's also like a mafia. De- like it's, he, he, man- he is definitely switching his character archetype. Uh, in Vinyl, he's like on HBO. He's basically like a coked out record executive. So, I mean, they're maybe they're throwing sick cash at him and he's deciding, deciding not to be like the Italian heavy and going like, you know, the mobster route. But uh, yeah, you're right. Like he's kind of playing the like goofy. He's got a bit of, he's got good come on, uh, comedic uh, sensibilities and stuff. Right. So. Yeah. Like he would like in terms of casting, like I like the interactions between Kate Beckinsale and Stanley Tucci. It, it did show that they had a lot of, chemistry together and it looked like enjoyable but yeah like i like this is from what i saw this is scott um watcha's first written screenplay yeah that's another one so it's like you write one fucking screenplay you have like no pedigree i couldn't find any pedigree on this guy and feature film like let's rock and roll like just fuck no short films no tv fucking series nothing just bang first script feature film let's rock and roll and it clearly shows now we again going back earlier in our season we discussed um i don't remember that but project power where where it was that writer's first or um first written screenplay as well but then all of a sudden like off of that work he was getting like three other films like sure. he was consulting and i mean something's got to be your see, first i don't right? see this guy working on anything else like everything i research like it's just this movie and no other offers right so do you i mean and i know i have my opinion on this but do you think that this was bad script bad directing bad both what what first off do you think the wheels fell off and well, i mean you said three quarters of the way through um yes is, was when it got movie- to the end like go ahead yeah like for me it's, you know, you have like kind of a murder mystery going on here with her trying to, you know, come to terms with her condition and trying to like focus it into something good, right? Because she felt she was always doing something bad, which that like for where that was going, it was okay. But here, I'll spoil the shit out of this. 
Do it. Do as it. You just you just said it's not watchable. <laughs> it's not worth watching. So, so nothing you give away now. A, yeah. So I'm never gonna watch this movie again. But uh, so the guy that you know Jack Courtney played is not dead. Oh. He is now the. He's the big bad, and he's a CIA operative that was working on his own Jesus. to to uh, assassinate this multi-billionaire guy who was just doing whatever he wanted. So he literally used her as like a sticking point to get to to this person, and then you know he comes up so lovable said or putting in the film. But the one comment is when she fight like obviously sees that he's still alive. And uh, what he did to her, she's upset. And he states, are you, is it that time of the month? And he was like, all you needed was a little dick to get yourself going. Yeah. So it totally like turned the whole like character that she was having three quarters of the way through, like trying to overcome her little like fear to literally just being like, all you needed was dick. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. To come out of your show. So, I mean, that's a good segue into one of my quotes, which my two, I actually have two quotes this week, which is funny. The wheels are fucking falling off this thing because the chemistry between her and him was not great. Uh, I thought the whole idea that like she had never been on a date before was a bit kind of like, eh, okay, maybe, but let's, let's, let's let that play out. Um, and then that just because he wasn't like a total dick and he was being kind of mistreated by the server, uh, all of a sudden, like that was going to be the reason for it to sit there. Like just, and it's hard for me to explain it when you watch it. It just feels like cheesy garbage. Um, and it just kept going from there. Uh, you know, after that, then of course they go and they, uh, they get their bang on and he gives her like a fucking $800 camera after fucking banging her once. I was like, uh, okay, that's weird too. Um, not and, even banging her once, but like the next morning, he yeah, went like, for like he gets up camera. and goes to like, I don't know, future shop or whatever and buys a camera for this woman. <laughs> and then she like falls in love with him to the point she wants to solve his murder. Oh, and another fucking sticky plot point is I know they give you the little like montage of like how the military tried her out and the spec ops and stuff, but they never, they show the very fact that like, she's not trainable. Right. So it's not like. She's Jason Bourne. And so now all of a sudden she knows how to like just do shit and they get that file and they're like, oh, she was doing intelligence work or whatever. I'm like, come on. Like you guys are just fucking throwing stuff at the wall and seeing if it sticks and you're running way too many plots. She gets in a, okay. She gets in a, a standard supercar, right? Can't drive standard. And anybody who's ever tried to drive standard that stands uh, standard that doesn't know how to drive, they're not getting that fucking thing started most of the time, let alone at a first. She's like, Oh, grinds gears, grinds gears. And then like, Aah! and I'm fine with like, if you watch when we, we did our show on nobody, right? Like it's a bit of like tongue in cheek. It's a bit of parody and stuff, but it's tight. It's well-written. It's fun. Like, I don't have a problem with the idea of something like this being kind of, even John Wick is kind of like tongue in cheek. It's not super serious, right? This was just like not good on any level. Like it wasn't, the jokes didn't land right. You had great actors that didn't seem like they were directed very well. Other than the, and the neon almost felt like it was just like you were talking about like, fuck, we got nothing going on, nothing going on, nothing else going on. So let's just let the DOP do his thing. And I mean, the DOP for this is Jules Loughlin who worked on like Angel Has Fallen and the Hitman's Bodyguard. So he's like a an action cinematographer. 
Um, it just felt like, what is going on? Like, who the fuck decided to greenlight this picture? Anyway, go, go. I've yeah, like, if you continued there. on, if you, no, I was going to say, if you continue on, like, the cinematography that kind of takes over, it's, it's literally, like, what, it was just like, fuck, we, we still have, like, two weeks of shooting, like, let's just put this in. Let's just put that in, right? <laughs> you know like, what? I'm actually going to go finish the last 30 minutes just to, like, see the cinematography now. Yeah, it's like, okay, we're going to stand. Like, they, like, did you get to the white room? No. Yeah, like, they put her in a white room that's full of, um, like, grates at, at, on the floor, right? So you're thinking, like, it's a, it's a murder room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they can kill her and all the blood goes down. Yeah. And then, you know, they let her go from that room. And then 10 minutes later, she's coming back to try to like break into that place. And then they go put her back in the murder room again, just to extend the scene in that murder room. Just because they like, and then you find out it. Yeah. It's just because it's like pure white, like everything's aesthetic. It's like, yeah, I was when I was watching it. And then at first, like when I saw the trailer for this, like this wasn't the film I was expecting, but. I was thinking it was literally like a rehash of remember that Jason Statham movie. That's what Crank? I was thinking. It's just like a female version of it. What is it? Is it called Crank or whatever? Yeah, Crank. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. literally just said the Statham. Yeah, like, fucking listen to when I talk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't talk much, but when I do, listen. <laughs> I'm the silent bomb of this. Listen to me thing. now. Hear me later. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they. And that's what I was thinking. I'm like, oh, okay. So she just needs to like jolt herself to keep on going, right? And then when it didn't turn out that, and it was just like, oh, this is like to help with her aggression or whatever. I'm like, okay, I'll like, I'll I'll go with it. I'll give it a shot. Sure. Right? But yeah, like once once it got to like pretty much re, and I'm not gonna knock the guy because like this guy wrote the movie and looks like he sold it on spec or whatever, but he got paid for it. And it's more than yeah, I've he's ever just done, like, so I'm not. Thank you. Yeah. But it was literally, he was just like, I don't know what to do now. And it was just like throwing things at the dartboard. Or he was like, okay, uh, I just finished watching Charlie's Angels. Okay, so Jai Courtney is now Sam Rockwell. He's the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Do you think any of it was Tanya Wexler's fault, the director? I, it, it's, to me, I think it's, it's more of, I think she has a say on how it's presented, but in reality, she didn't write the film, right? She just has to read the script, try to present the script that's written the best she can, right? Yeah, I mean, or, or she could have like maybe asked for script edits or something like that. Uh, I think I think that for, first off, she isn't very successful as a director. Uh, her first film, Hysteria, has a, a 59% on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, Buffaloed, which is like an indie film, which I actually want to watch, uh, it's got an 80%. But she started with like a period piece. And now she's doing this like big action film. I mean, her dad is like a, a former producer and like real estate mogul. <clears throat> and her uncle is actually like a super famous cinematographer and stuff. He's like considered like one of the greatest American cinematographers. He was one of the first guys to use Steadicam and stuff. Um, I guess it's nice to have access to money so that you can just do fucking passion projects. Cause that's what I got. When I looked up her like pedigree, I was like, 
yeah, so daddy's connections or whatever, just the fact that you grew up in like, you know, with Hollywood connections, you get to make some fucking movies and have a good time, I guess. Like, I don't know. Like, how else do you get, you know, uh, Kate Beckins- uh, Beckinsale and Susan Sarandon and Stanley Tucci and like all these. How the fuck do you guys get them in this movie with such a shitty script? Because those actors had to read the fucking script and they knew who the director was and they signed on to it. So, again, I love to see the budget because I'd love to know what people were getting paid because maybe they just got sick fucking cash. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, But I think also sometimes these actors are in contracts with the studios themselves, right? What? It's not, it's not 19 fucking 50. It's not like those kind of contracts. Okay. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. Um, uh, Emma Watson. Okay. Right. Yep. She was supposed to be, and this is kind of timely now, uh, not timely now, but, uh, she was supposed to actually be black widow. Okay. In Marvel in Iron Man two. Okay. Right, which obviously Scarlett Johansson got it, and she just you know, and then she was able to just keep playing that role, including the Black Widow movie she just did. Yes, but the reason Emma Watson couldn't do Iron Man two was because she was contractually obligated to make a film for whatever studio, and that film ended up being Gulliver's Travels, and which coincide with it, right? So she. She couldn't do the, you know, the film, I guess, technically she wanted to. I guess now she looks back, doesn't care. But, um, yeah, so there's still, co- like, there's still... I don't know. That's just a... And, 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 right? and I hear what you're saying. Like, maybe the people... You, but all of these people, all of these people had to do this fucking no, film? No, I'm, I'm guessing probably Kate Beckinsale probably has a contract with Amazon themselves. Because she was in that uh, other Amazon original with um, Pierce Brosnan, uh, the only kid in New York, or something like that. Okay, I think I think that's what it was called. Um, in which she was like the mistress of um, Pierce Brosnan, and ends up hooking up with his son. Okay, right? I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see the that only, yeah, the only living boy in New York. So. Well, and, and Jay Courtney, Can so be? Jay Courtney was in Buffalo, so that ties him to the director. So let's say Kate Beckinsale is like locked in because of an Amazon deal, but that still leaves mm-hmm. Susan Sarandon, Stanley Tucci, and fucking Bobby Cannavale. But, I, ah, but actually, Bobby, you actually, even... I would say Bobby because he did Super Intelligence, which is also Amazon, is it not? No, that's HBO Max. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, like, maybe that ties them all in. Anyway. It's fucking crazy. Maybe it was a big payday. I don't know, but like, yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you know, for season Sarandon, like you didn't even see her if you didn't finish the movie. I only know about it from the background. I did like, that's the only reason I even know she's in the fucking movie. Yeah. She literally comes out in the last scene of the movie. And at the beginning of the movie, when they were doing that whole like narration, Yep. And that's another thing I fucking hate with movies. If you have to fucking tell me this person's <laughs> life story before the movie even starts, that also kind of throws me off. Yeah. But um, wait, wait, what about when they give you Leonidas's life story before 300 and he goes into the and he goes and fights the wolf and stuff. And there's that voiceover. That's fucking pretty dope, right? Yeah, but that's not that wasn't Leonidas's life story. That's the Sparta culture. True, true. 
Touche. Yeah, it's not until the very end then they say, and then one came out, and now we call him Leonidas or whatever. Yada, yada. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, so it's just, this is how they breed their warriors kind of thing, right? That I was okay with, but it's like, literally, I I came out of my mom's vagina, and then, (laughs) you know, I cried. And then the doctor spanked me. I didn't like that, so I bit the doctor's nose off. Yes. And I had no teeth. Don't ask me why. And then I got angry. But yeah, she was, you see her up in when she was in the Asane Asylum with the redheaded lady that was looking out a window. You just see the back of her head. Yep. And then you see her at the end that she's like, they're trying to set up a sequel in which, you know, just because you just did all this shit for this guy, just imagine if we paid you to go chase after bad people. Boo. And that's the end of the movie. Like, co- come work for the CIA again. Even though we tried that role. And so clearly they like solved the problem and they know that all she needs is deep dick in and then she's good to go. Um, I mean, this, this thing's got a fucking 39% and, from the critics and a 42. Do you think those numbers are right? Like, I'm actually surprised 42% of people were okay with this movie. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I, I, I 100% uh, agree. I, I'm surprised. Like, and that's, And that's the thing. I think it's just because... It, it was all over the place. Like it, it tried to be one thing. And then all of a sudden at the end, it decided to, to, um, to change. Like, I'll give you another example of a film. Cause since you said this is unwatchable after watching this, I ended up watching with my kids on uh, Netflix, Willie's Wonderland with Nick Cage. Okay. Which is the beest of B movies you will ever see Nicholas Cage does not have one word of dialogue in that whole movie and he's the star and he just grunts but they fucking committed to that like the aesthetic and what that film is so much that I will re-watch Willy Wonderland way before I ever will re-watch this movie right it was just like they're like fuck it we're gonna make a B horror comedy movie and it, it like it worked and we all enjoyed it. And then I watched this after and I'm like, come on, man. come I, on. Like I said, man, I had to watch it, watch atomic blonde to wash the bad fucking taste out of my mouth after trying to get through this movie. So remember I said I had two quotes. though. so one talks about how it's all over the place. Now this one is, seems like it's going to contradict that. And I'll explain. So this is uh, from Callum Marsh from the New York times. The plot stretched thin, even at just 90 minutes is extremely predictable and therefore boring. And the film doesn't do enough with its high concept shock therapy uh, concept to feel fresh or novel. So you're like, well, wait, was it predictable or was it all over the place? And it's like, it's like certain scenes were predictable. You're like, this is going to happen. And then this is going to happen. But those blocks of scenes were just like random fucking scenes, like a Jenga just stuck together and being like, ah, it's a tower, right? We got a fucking movie. So I don't know, man. Uh, is it fixable? Is it fixable? Like, give me your, 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 your 30 second film edit. Is it fixable? Uh, I would just redo. I would redo the ending. I would take out that whole Jai Courtney thing mm-hmm. kind of thing and just have her be technically just a one woman, like nonstop, just fucking force of nature that goes after the very worst so maybe maybe this film especially if you're trying to set up the seat like a series this film is them she is an agent 
And it's them trying to dial it in to try and like, so we can have her a bit all over the place, just like fucking up cops, doing crazy shit. And then by the end, she's got it a little more under control. And then we take whatever step into the second. It's good. Yeah, I love it. Exactly. What you were saying before, like in terms of predictability, like, did you get to the, the fight club scene at least? Yes. What, before that fight club scene even started, I go to my, uh, my son was watching this with me and I was like, they're going to make her fight three guys. And then the minute they're like, okay, you're going to fight our three best guys. The minute I saw that guy with the piercings, I'm like, she's going to rip those fucking Of course. And off. who, come on, who does a fight with fucking nipple, nipple rings in? Come on. There, there are no rules. <laughs> so I'm going to wear her fucking Anyway. But yeah, like it's, I don't know. It's, you know, I, I'm very upset you picked this movie. Cause... I didn't pick this fucking movie. You picked this movie. <laughs> you picked this movie. I thought I was watching fucking Crank. <laughs> like, <laughs> we do Crank. Um, I mean, I, this is a bit of a shorter show. The fucking movie's unwatchable. Uh, watch Atomic Blonde or La, La, watch La Femme Nikita by Luc Besson. That's my. That's what I've got to say. Yeah. No. Or we. Could, uh, there's another Netflix. I haven't watched it yet, but the, there's that gunpowder milkshake that looks like. You know, female action. Cool. And that is our rant for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. You can also reach us and interact with us on social media at how do you like that one or email us at how do you like that movie at gmail.com. You can't go wrong with Stanley Tucci, though, man. Like, I cannot. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, and you know what? An that's amazing actor. And, I mean, Kate, Kate Beckinsale is great. She's a great, like, I mean, she did the enti- that entire, um, what's the vampire one? Underworld franchise. Underworld. She did some Van, Van Helsing. Like, she can do these roles. Like, she's good to go. And it's got a great cast. It's just such a fucking train wreck of a script. I would take this thing, like, yeah, right back to, like a like, a page one rewrite and just work it right back up. Production by Rod Shaver, Vader Monkey Productions.